Hi, I'm Ricardo Deacon. I'm Orla McGuinness. And welcome to the Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen and then we need to discuss it. You're listening to <laughs> Dublin Digital Radio. I'm using an old school kind of DJ, 1920s kind of in the air, live from the internet. Hello. The recommendation game. The recommendation game. Welcome to WWRKKK. No, that's too many Ks. No, no, no. Forget that. <laughs> forget that one. That was completely accidental. We're not sponsored by the KKK. Um, and this week's film was Orla's pick. Yay! It is Jim Jarmusch's Only Lovers Left Alive from 2013. Uh, the synopsis is a depressed musician reunites with his lover though their romance which has already endured several centuries is disrupted by the arrival of her uncontrollable younger sister interesting (laughs) that's an interesting thing for them to focus focus on there (laughs) i also like how you did the synopsis first you mixing things up i like it Yes, always. Uh, it's mostly I just because he's reading it off his phone. Yes, I forgot to do my little notes. The only thing I do for the podcast <laughs> besides watching the movie. Uh, the film was directed by Jim Jarmusch, uh, repeat offender Jim Jarmusch. Um, <laughs> produced by Jeremy Thomas and Reinhard Brundig. Written by Jim Jarmusch, starring Tilda Swinton, uh, Tom Hiddleston, Mia Wasikowska, uh, Anton Yelchin, Jeffrey Wright, Sleman Dazi and John Hurt. Music by Joseph Van Wissem, Yasmin Hamdan, and Squirrel. I believe that's the Jim Jarmusch's band, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did all the music, yeah. Uh, well, according to this, only one third of the music. Or <laughs> well, it's his band, so he's involved. Uh, cinematography by York Lesso, Edited by Alfonso Gonzalez. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much the, the, the little bit. Uh, budget 7 million box office 7.6 million that's disappointing um, so Orla why although, did you pick this movie although perhaps not surprising yes. <laughs> how do you sell this movie um, uh, yeah well, repeat offender old Jimmy um, yeah we. I've been waiting a long time to, to pick this movie um, I'm glad I picked Patterson first um, and I think that this is different to Patterson than ultimately Patterson is a better film whatever that means but at the same time um i just i love this movie i really wanted like an excuse to watch it again um in a way that i knew i was going to pick it for the podcast i didn't want to sick of myself with it so i had to wait until i picked it to watch it again um i just i love the 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 tone uh, of this the, the like strange kind of melancholy little world like it's it's hitting an awful lot of the jarmusch points but i just enjoy the the atmosphere that he creates in his films like these strange little other worlds of um these odd characters i know like it's not a film of tremendous depth i think it's more a kind of a ponderous film that makes sense um there's a kind of a i think anyways an interesting uh sort of musing on the idea of like um mundanity like the, the idea of like the mundane life and adam uh what's his name Oh, Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston, yeah. Sorry, I forgot his name. <laughs> I was like, I have Michael Fassbender in my head because I read the thing that apparently he was going to be cast instead. But um, good old Tommy H. <laughs> Hiddleston uh, scoffs at uh, the kind of a uh, sad routine of um, of the of the zombie humans that he's uh, observing, um, kind of ignoring the like his own like the dreary rounds and rituals of their eternal life. Um, and I, th- I saw kind of an interesting thing about how the word mundane is used to describe within kind of like vampire fandom and stuff is actually used to describe normal people. And I thought it was kind of interesting, like um, so much of this is them kind of like going about their sort of um, their little processes, their little kind of like rituals of, of sort of vampire life, which in the end just mirrors a normal human life. But um, there's also the kind of theme of, of like creativity and creative output and um and something that he delves into much deeper i think in uh in patterson but it's kind of interesting here um uh like the, the, the especially the character of adam and uh his sort of need to to put his music out there into the world while also he's kind of like the 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 opposite to patterson in a lot of ways but um also i think this film was just really funny um it has that just completely wry humor of of jarmusch and we've talked before about how jarmusch is a lot like um 
Curse Mikey? Curse Mikey. Um, I was like, KKK. Oh, no. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I don't know what the atmosphere is in this room. Um, but uh, yeah, that wry humor, like we've spoken before about how it uh, it's kind of comparative to um, to Kurismaki as well. And uh, there are just some like absolutely fantastically delivered lines from a lot, like from basically all the characters. And uh, I, I just... I love this film. I love the I love the the mood of it, and uh, yeah, I thought I thought you'd enjoy it. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of the film, Ricardo? Okay. First of all, uh, I want to the, the audience. I'm painting a of a word picture. Let's say the in Orla's living room there is a poster of Only Lovers Left Alive, and every time I come in, it's like <laughs> oh. I haven't seen that yet. Like years before the podcast even existed, it's just like, oh yeah, it's really it wasn't good. Even you should a twinkle watch it. in Ricardo's yeah. drunken eye. Oh yeah, like most great ideas. <laughs> I'm like the Hemingway of the podcast world, but without <laughs> the money and the fame or the muscle. And with uh, only one idea. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> you then forgot for an entire year. Well, that's a bottle of Hemingway as well. It's like one idea <laughs> repeated over and over, but well, it's like, oh yeah, I'm masculine, uh, but. So it's a movie that has been, in a way, in the background of our friendship for, since it came out, well, four years ago now. Yeah, so, about that, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, it was a long time coming, let's say, to, to watch it. And also with the caveat that I really like Jim Jarmusch and obviously Tilda Swinton, John Hurt, uh, Jeffrey Wright. Ne- nearly said uh, Edgar Wright. <laughs> <laughs> And this is a lot of pressure to put on this poor film. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and also, like, I really like gothic movies and vampire movies and such. So, like I always said, that I don't try to bring that much into a movie, but also there's no way of not seven, being able to... The seven caveats you just stated there. Yeah, that at the same time, it's hard not to do it. Like, you can try as much as you no, want, you but you don't watch n- films in a vacuum. Yeah, and uh, we're very much of the uh, uh, last picture show or next picture show school of thought. Yeah, and then uh, which we reference every like three episodes. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and and obviously, uh, I I was watching it and I was like, oh, is it? It's another one. It's. I kind of like it, but it could be so much better kind of situation. And no, I'm joking. I really like that. <laughs> uh, like uh, it made me sad just watching it uh, because of Anton Yelchin because yeah, he's absolutely fucking amazing. Yeah, but John Hurt is like the dude like looks like he's about to die. <laughs> <laughs> like he's looked he's, like yeah. John Hurt looked like he was about to die on screen for the last oh. ten years. Like the, oh no, it's longer than yeah. that. Yeah, since the like 1984. <laughs> like he's Alien. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he died in Alien. That they just like you like put a coat hanger behind him and just like drive him around. Like Smiley, his wife would explain suspicious. him. Percy. Fucking like his voice in Jackie, like him doing an Irish accent with that voice oh God, as a yeah. priest. He has That's like such a weird two little fucking like, really uh, tufts of hair, his beard that is like whatever you is clinging on. But um, yeah, John Hurt is great in it, but like Anton Yelchin is one of those things as well. It's that kind of like tragedy, like very Shakespearean way that he went. That is like a funny, yeah. kind, a very funny kind. Like if you put that in a movie and you didn't know that it was true like what happened to Anthony Elchin you'd be like oh that's hilarious you know in a black comedy kind of situation yeah but obviously it's a huge Something tragedy a yeah. it. and it's a huge tragedy that he went because as well he was that kind of like talent that never had the role that he would have been remembered for it's like, he's not Heath Ledger let's say no. that, you, that you had the the performance that no matter uh how long cinema goes through it's or, always gonna yeah. be there yeah uh that everybody's true, gonna yeah. reflect to, about the joker Anton yelchin has been good in everything he does but he's never had that kind of fucking he just yeah, never this is, he just never got yeah. that role yeah yeah like Which he would have got it that's what you know it's yeah not, he would have been he would have had like one of those careers that be also 
one of those careers that would amount to a lot you know the the kind of person that maybe never had the huge robe but when he would get a lifetime achievement award not yeah. a best actor I'd oscar like but no yeah somebody like that that well not john hurt but <clears throat> someone that kind of character actor that turns up and is just yeah. great yeah and he's fantastic <laughs> in this like his voice and everything that he's the kind of very precise actor yeah. that you don't realize what he does like he's very very precise but that precision is hidden in a very loose kind of performance but even in alpha dog or like his earlier work that he always had that precision you know that you if you looked deep enough you could see that everything was a decision that he made as an actor which made him even more interesting to watch because it was like even in this the the inflections that he uses and the, the way that uh, he carries the room and like the like Adam's the... Uh, relationship with him is yeah. great and even Love like just scenes. that scene when the, he's like oh can I use the bathroom it's like <laughs> I still haven't fixed it yeah I, what I love about him is um, if you can imagine another actor in that role of the kind of like slightly clueless kind of um, you know music bro basically yeah. like where he's the kind of obsessive fanboy and you know but he brings something else to it and he brings a kind of a like um like more of a sort of a sensitivity rather than uh, and like almost a kind of an innocence to yeah. it as well that but it, also it gives it more a... weight than it would have had and you feel genuinely sad when he dies yeah. even though you know he's gonna die you drank what's his name <laughs> in it? Uh, you drank ian <laughs> yeah you drank ian <laughs> he doesn't even go like oh he's my friend or whatever but also because of the preparation that we get through death and all that like i'll get to that to that scene and like i do have some minor issues with the movie but nothing that derailed the, the movie per se um i really liked the both settings uh, tangier and detroit um it, like it shows how detroit like it's kind of depressing because it's so good for horror movies because it's a ghost town yeah I saw like it really, follows um, and yeah uh, i forgot that it follows is, is shot there um and there's another one as well um uh, don't breathe. Yeah. Because I found this really interesting article on um, RogerEbert.com actually about Detroit and being used for horror movies and stuff and how um, Ryan Gosling's film Wind River or whatever the fuck that was called. Yeah. Where it sort of like fetishized the landscape and how parts of it were shot there and the parts of it weren't. And uh, and I think this is, this is almost like a kind of a warm kind of a uh, not like a direct love story of, of Detroit but it, like he has a I feel it, and I've seen Jarmusch talk about it. He his kind of like clear appreciation and of not just like the music scene or whatever, but like the landscape and the and the real like soul of Detroit. Yeah, like it's 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 well, not like it's just a melancholy kinda... in in a way. It's completely linked to the fact that they're immortal per se. That they're they they're living amongst ghosts no matter where they go. So like yeah. it's a fitting setting, but at the same time, it's really depressing. The that is what the city ended up as because like Detroit used to be like never like a perfect city and like especially because of how Detroit as a city grew because of car well, manufacturing yeah, and racially as well yeah, as Detroit's uh, problems yeah because it was like mostly uh post slavery um America when the factories opened uh, it was like a place that african americans go and work so obviously they were segregated because america but um, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah like uh, that aspect of the film it's very interesting and the use of music and art because i, I love that you heard is marlowe as well <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh reminded me of fucking shakespeare and love as well. uh the oh my yeah, god because yeah. <laughs> Because it's just like the the fucking whole thing. It also reminded me of um, because obviously in this movie Marlowe, uh, the it's in, in for the uh, John Hurt wrote all the plays for Shakespeare, but he just gave them to him because he couldn't take credit for the the good plays. And it reminded me of Infamous. I think it is. Is it Infamous? Um, is the uh, Roland Emmerich movie about Shakespeare with uh, Riz Ifan? And uh, that is. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's not. What, I don't think that's what that's called. But I know what you mean. It starts yeah. with a night. I can't remember the. And that movie is very interesting because it has the best 
St. Crispin's Day speech, you know, the oh, we lucky few, we band of yeah. speech. And it's unbelievable in that movie. Like, uh, and you forget how even, uh, like, that's the proof in the pudding how good Shakespeare is. They even roll in America. Can make, like, an amazing <laughs> well, scene. Well, no, were we not uh, the the scene in uh, My Darling Clementine, <laughs> the drunken oh, Shakespeare? Yeah. Is that not also brilliant? But oh yeah, like every like you just put Shakespeare anywhere and you and it's great. But the when John Hart died in this movie, uh, he gives a very um, what you call it, a very Mister Turner style uh, last breath. <laughs> he gets a the, good death. The little <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> yeah, he's a vampire, so yeah. he gets away. <laughs> Can I remember what book it was? The uh, my brother, uh, friend of the podcast, Felipe, it was like really upset that <laughs> a role every every, t- every time the uh, a character dies in the in the book, the writer would say his bowels let go. So <laughs> because that's supposedly what happens to like people when he dies, but it's like constant. So it's like an action movie, suppo- like an action book. Supposedly, like if it was fucking Mission Impossible, every time, Jack somebody, yeah, every time that somebody dies is like he shot himself and i don't know why like uh, every time that i watch a movie the, after mr turn i was like maybe they're like they're releasing their bowels that's why it's the deep breath you know maybe you just hear like a fart in the wind in ricardo, the ricardo has now ruined death scenes yeah like every single death scene that i see now i wish you'd said that before logan yeah <laughs> We just like mentally have the sound effect of Logan <laughs> releases his buzz. Oh god, we've gone down a strange, yeah. strange track. Uh, but of all the Jim Jarmusch movies that he has done, the the one that reminded me the most of this was the Stranger Than Paradise, like the yeah. sense of place and melancholy and the the sense of just moving around space to space and not really like belonging anywhere. Yeah, and, the kind of aimlessness of the movement. Yeah, and um, <coughs> I think it matches the the existential dread of this movie. The the idea that even if you uh, have infinity to live, like you're an immortal person, uh, you you're still don't un- have time yeah. to make your life worthwhile. You're not untouched by the problems of time. As yeah, it were. like the even if time doesn't run out there like the the entire movie like with the exception of tilda swinton because she realizes what she is and what her position is but even like john hurt and adam uh are obsessed with leaving their marks in in the world in one way or another like the company that they keep and what they do holding on the to company. their work even yeah. at the hour of their death like in the way that that john hurt is yeah yeah like that's i i really like tilda swinton's character in this because she is kind of like a sort of a a breath of fresh air yeah for all the other characters and that in the way that she comes in and like just her incredible enthusiasm and like appreciation for everything around her all the time like that scene when she's just touching the books like whenever she's read like you know speed reading or whatever like like i love how tactile this film is like and it's in like the gloves and everything how like everything oh god the we can talk about the the art department and everything but um i just everything everything is so analog and tactile and it's funny actually because i forgot um like and every time I watch this, I forget that every scene is at night. Yeah. Because it's so rich and like the the color palette is so interesting and some of it's quite cold and some of it like you know it obviously like Tangier is incredibly warm but even the inside of his flat and something and <clears throat> the inside of his flat and everything feels incredibly warm yeah. like rich colors and all the sounds and like the way that they do um the uh the sound design within his apartment and how him playing the instruments and everything and yeah. even like just him like touching the guitars and like the shot lingers on the guitar for and how so like long. you like how genius adam is uh, that he's able to like build his own generator yeah. and oh, like out that. of an antenna and uh, because the company his worship with tesla. tesla and and uh and science in general and how like humans are like polluting themselves and the weather etc but also how in a way socially inept he is that he makes like so many little mistakes even like saying to to 
uh, Anton Yelchin is like, oh, I, I saw, I can't remember, was it Jimi Hendrix or no, something? No, it was I, I uh, saw, Cochran. Um, yeah, I, I saw Cochran play this guitar and it was like, oh, oh yeah, on YouTube. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love the, that so much. You actually saw Eddie Cochran play? Uh, yes, on YouTube. <laughs> it's like so deadpan. I actually like really like Tom Hiddleston in this. And I like it because Tom Hiddleston, like even whenever he's playing Loki, he's not particularly threatening as Loki. Yeah. He's he's a very like bright, super, like he, he constantly is cast as the kind of like, you know, bright, handsome everyman or, you know, even in something where he's supposed to play something a bit darker, that's always shining through. Like even in something like um the the night manager yeah. or whatever it's it's all it's all you know he's just he's tom hiddleston whereas in this he is like suitably muted which i really really enjoyed because you never well see like that i do think he is the it is his best performance that i've seen by quite a margin uh do you think that hiddleston has uh, uh an issue playing hiddleston that is like uh, very yeah. Like he's charismatic and he has a presence, so it's never unpleasant to see him play yeah. playing himself. Oh, he's very watchable. But like he's in the from the Kevin Costner school of acting that is like, uh, like even even in something wh- who's like this guy? Um, like you can imagine the writer going like in any other movie besides this going like oh what kind of characters is this a Tom Hiddleston character <laughs> that like they bring Tom Hiddleston and. That's how, or the director goes like, "Can you be Hiddlestony? Like <laughs> more <you> Hiddlestony, <laughs> please." Um, he's in that Terrence Davies film, um, like uh, the Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, yeah. He the main problem with Hiddleston is that even in this movie, he gets outacted always by the female yeah, lead of this movie. Like Rachel Weisz, yeah. absolutely kills him in that movie. Like as in that he gives a good performance that seems bad because she's giving a career best performance and it's Rachel Weisz career yeah. best performance. And like, have you seen Constant Garner by the way? Yes, okay. but not in like years. So I yeah. fucking love that movie, I and I love vague, her. Vague and vague memories of that. And I love Ray Fiennes as well. Uh, but like again with this it's that him even in the scenes with Jeffrey Wright and then with John Hurt and then Tilda Swinton and Anton Yelchin and Mia Wasikowski that like he's always the worst actor on screen and noticeably the worst actor on screen and I don't know if he stands out that much but I don't know if that's (sighs) because he gets some of the funniest lines yeah he does but he sells those lines but the what we were talking about Anton Yelchin and character work yeah. The, you can tell that Hiddleston has a lot of like star power but not acting chops per se I feel se. like he's trying very hard yeah. in this as well he is and you can see what I was saying uh, Yelchin that you, you have to look very closely to mm. see the wheel starting but with uh, Hiddleston it's like you can see that this is what I mean with this movement rather than you see the movement and you it's all about effect yeah, or something and yeah. you imply the and he's not playing a character that is trying to inflect meaning on his movements either it's just that you can see the acting uh, yeah. you know well, like Tilda Swinton is Tilda fucking Swinton. <laughs> like, there's no like she cannot be bad. Like there, I don't just think that so fabulous. Yeah, like and like that scene where it's just her and John Hurt and they're just sitting there like on the harbor and like yeah. you know John Hurt's like a way off in the fucking you know, um and it's just such a simple little scene and she's just you know oh Kit like oh and she's like complaining about like, Adam used to hang out with like Byron and yeah. like all those French guys <laughs> yeah. like so great. They fucked him up. <laughs> oh god, that scene whenever they're in the kitchen and she takes out the ice pops. Yeah, that is the. But he's like, that doesn't work, by the way. And she's like, oh no, I plugged it in. <laughs> she just takes out the blood ice pops. It's just so perfect. My my favorite scene in the 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 movie is when she is touching the mushrooms and it's like <laughs> you shouldn't know. be here. Whatever is like hey, shows to you that we don't know shit about fungi. <laughs> we don't know shit about fungi. <laughs> it's just so great. She's like, you really shouldn't be here. And she's just like, just like touching them with like little mushrooms. And you can almost see the mushroom just yeah. like ah, like it's just oh, it's so perfect. Like uh, and also the the both the performance and obviously when they got turned is that you realize that Tilda Swinton was a lot older than yeah. like the character is a lot older than Adam is that Adam plays like. The thing is that Tom Hiddleston, even when you compare to other vampires movies, that, that's the thing is that everybody else is very unique. You know, Tom Hiddleston 
like scenes that he walked out of interview with the vampire. Like you know, he seems like the. No, he's like, not theatrical enough for that though. No, but like he seems, especially because he's like the rock star or whatever. So you had the link with Lestat because Lestat yeah. is a rock star in, in the both the book Vampire Lestat and then the. I kind of like it as um, not just as that Queen of the Dam. Have you seen Queen of the Dam? No, <laughs> it is such this, a again, bad movie. I didn't it's realize amazing. how much you liked vampire movies. This is great. Um, <laughs> um, well, it, like a vampire movies, like just as a context, is that like there, I don't watch a lot of them, but I watched like really good ones. Like yeah, and because vampire movies is the kind of movie that if you think. Three films that is the same story, let's say similar stories. No, it's the same story. Okay. Four films, same story. Okay. Nosferatu, which is basically a copyright infringement of Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's basically, it's exactly Dracula, but they, Dracula was in copyright at the time. Mm -hmm. So they had to change the names and crawl or love shadows, fucking German expressionism. Yeah. Unbelievable. Then you have, fucking Werner Herzog's Nosferatu oh, yeah. which is insanely good that has the scene that they're like the projector actually I've have never, you seen it like, I have never seen it on a big screen so fucking, it might be I saw it in the in the IFI did uh, Criterion release that I wonder is there a really good copy of it uh, I hope so because it'd be amazing and then you have fucking Francis Ford Coppola as Bram Stoker's Dracula you know and you see how it's exactly the same story how different you're able to tell them and then you have the source is so great and then you have the fucking amazing shadow of the vampire with Willem Dafoe and John Malkovich that Willem Dafoe plays Count Orloff that John Malkovich is the director he's F.W. Morneau that he's going to make Nosferatu but it, the the actor playing Nosferatu is an actual vampire, so he's like shooting the movie, and the crew starts getting eaten by the the <laughs> vampire. So it's all these things, and then you also then you have something like Only Lovers Left Alive and Chronos and yeah. all these other that they take the genre or like Stakeland and um, Before Dark, Near Dark, the uh, Catherine Bigelow Western vampire movie. And oh then, my god, I totally. Forgot and then you about have that. the fucking from dusk till dawn. I was trying to think it, of modern fucking. All I could think of was from dusk till dawn, and like, mm -hmm. like as in quite modern uh, yeah. vampire movie. Well, like obviously the best quite it. modern vampire movie is John Carpenter's Vampires, starring Daniel Baldwin <laughs> and James Woods, the shithead that is James Woods. My God, but well. he's amazing. Uh, what I mean is that vampire movies are one like vampire the genre of vampire because it's like completely separate to horror because they're not like this movie for the exception of the the last shot is not really a horror movie it's more a comedy of sorts hmm. than anything else that uh, ponderous comedy it's such a, a maniable genre that you can do whatever you want and say whatever you want with it yeah, and it's the, the vampire mythology is very yeah. rich like even if even if you take it for, like away from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, but <laughs> we really went on a side note there but like it's the interest of mm. having all of that <laughs> All of that culminating in a movie like this, because obviously, like you're saying, that there's no movie lives in a vacuum. Yeah. That is the interest of the choices that Jarmusch makes, because he has all such, of that. Yeah. Uh, he what can he do picks. anything with yeah. it. And he decides to make it to like pretty much like a teenage romance story. That oh, is, but yeah. their love story yeah. is one of my like because at the end it is kind of just their their relationship and their love yeah. story, and you completely believe it. You believe that they've been together for like this long, and you completely believe in their love and their like devotion, and yeah, like it's just it's really very very pleasant. And like seeing them together is just like yeah, yeah. Even when they go like to to eat the people at the end, it's like yeah. oh that's lovely. That's such a romantic. They're, like they're going out for dinner. <laughs> but <laughs> it's so it's so funny though because it's like it doesn't have that kind of a thing of of like um the kind of like the, the moralizing within something like twilight of how like oh we're like vegetarians or whatever it's like it's not really that they don't eat people because of, of like moral reasons it's more like aesthetic yeah. or something and obviously because everyone's poisoned but you know that, that like what does she say it's like oh that's so 15th century yeah. or whatever it's like oh you know like 
we, you know, like we're so above that now, Adam. You know, it's, like it's they like don't do you're, it. It's like when you're, you're like in your thirties, getting a good wage, and you go to Burger King and you yeah. feel disgusted <laughs> with yourself, or buy anything from the value range. Yeah. It's like no, no. Oh, uh, yeah. I kind, I kind of like that. That it's. They're... Or when Mia Wasikowski is like, oh, I feel kind of ill. It's like <laughs> you, you, you drank a guy in the music industry. What the fuck do you think is gonna now happen? I feel sick. <laughs> but I love that. That like. The whole thing of like, I've dreamt about your sister. I've dreamt about your. Oh my god, your sister's coming! And when she finally comes, she's she's just like you know a bit of a rebel. You yeah. know, it's like and she's living in LA. It's like it's such a like ridiculous anticlimax of like. I was very disappointed that they didn't play fucking Midnight Train to Georgia when the, she's leaving. Like LA proved too much for them, man. Okay. It would, wouldn't it wouldn't have been out of place let's yeah. say in this movie though because the music yeah because it's like the, motown kind yeah. of like uh, detroit sound the the only major issue that i had with the movie one was the underuse of jeffrey wright kind of that like those scenes kind of uh, seemed uh, it was the only padding that the movie seemed to have because it had like some kind of okay it's where he goes to get his blood but after the first scene, that it just repeats itself, basically. Yeah, I, I feel it's, like it only needed that one scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I kind of agree And also, it's that. like a waste of Jeffrey Wright. If we're going to have him again, have him more like that. Oh, he's being slightly cheeky. Give like, him something to do. Yeah, it was a little. Because that first scene is just so great. I suppose, like, in the second. Yeah, the, what was the, the his name? The Dr. Faust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dr. Watson. <laughs> so great yeah the status quo from the 70s like hasn't fucking bothered to change but then there's like the scene later whenever she touches and she's like ah 1968 i love that whole like like just completely inexplicable ability she has to like date things yeah where she just like touches them like the guitar and like but not just the date like the complete history of it and like even how she fucking reads on the plane the the fucking the original manuscripts to marlo like it's like fucking papyrus Mardo Papyrus. But my main issue with the movie is Mia Wasikowski and uh, that whole section. And not only does she kill Anton Yelchin, that I was already kind of like <laughs> sad that he was already in the movie. Like, uh, that has got to be like, I haven't seen Green Room mainly for that reason. That it's like, yeah. I, especially because supposedly he doesn't have a good time in that movie. I don't um, think anybody has a good time in that movie. Uh, Patrick Stewart probably uh, does. Well. <laughs> um, but it's that I thought that it was a lot more interesting. Uh, just the two of them. Not only just the two of them. It's that they ke- if they kept mentioning the sister without knowing how she was or what she meant or what she did in Paris and yeah. all these things. Because they talk about like the lore of the world that Jarmusch creates. is very rich in the sense that you... Uh, you ask questions rather than get answers you know you go yeah. like oh he was around with like einstein or whatever and it's like what the fuck how, <laughs> how when what did you do it's not or even when he's like oh he was with the french guys the philosophers yeah. or whatnot that you don't you, you get just a little bit to get like the backstory but it's just a it creates but she kills the mystery of their past in a way you know yeah. like the not by actually doing that much exposition it's just that because of the character is very self-explanatory you know kind of thing yeah she's just this kind of wild child yeah like just going around draining humans left very much kirsten dunst in an interview with the vampire as well oh no don't uh, don't ruin it for me and i like kirsten dunst now he didn't like her then ah no i think she's she's, there's more to her than that yeah there there but there isn't she's just like wild and she gets along with tilda swinton maybe i just like mio wazakowski like, but that's the thing. I think she's a good actress and I like her in most films and I don't think she does a bad job but it's like she doesn't really have an awful lot to do yeah she doesn't have anything to when everybody else like that's the thing is that my issue with Hiddleston is that she still outacts Hiddleston when she is just playing a one no character <laughs> yeah. but the problem with the one no character is then that situation it should be that you see the love between Tilda Swinton's character and hers so much also that half of it of the uh the the not the hatred but the as the exasperation that tom hiddleston is feeling it should be that you're kind of 
in the middle you know that you're like i get what tom hiddleston is going through and i get what tilda swinton is going through instead you're just like you're you're just like going like with fucking hiddleston it's like i just want to go back to the movie like and you know that she's gonna be inconsequential because even Anton Yelchin is an inconsequential in the movie or whatever you know this is not really a plot led (laughs) movie it's not a you know like that is the only real like action let's say or like catalyst for them to leave and well, you know, like, the only reason that they actually leave is because Tom Hiddleston is suicide over it, like his gun with the the wooden bullet, like. Well, also kind of the 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 like his time in Detroit has kind of come yeah. to an end because people have sort of worked out where he lives, and then also they've killed your man who yeah. they were out with the night before. So it in a way, it's kind of one of the many reasons yeah. that they leave. It gives them more speed, let's say. I fucking love when they they throw him in the weird vat of acid or whatever the fuck. <laughs> that, that was I, visual. <laughs> and then uh, uh, she goes like, "Oh, how do you know this place?" And he goes, "Don't ask." <laughs> and it's that kind of thing that this movie does so well that it's like you realize that Just he killed somebody but, to. Yeah. Uh, and also when he's like driving around his car and the copper goes by and he's like, "Oh shoot!" And then yeah. goes in and obviously like the copper couldn't do anything to him, but it's the almost the rule a lot like he's just so used to yeah i suppose also as well it's the same kind of thing of of, of not causing a false not not just you know they want an easy life yeah. let's say they want like as little interaction with the zombies as possible like just to like have their own little existence and not have to like you know the thing of like you know yeah the cop stops them they're in the middle of nowhere they just kill the cop they're fine yeah. but like oh the headache then the yeah. cop has to go in the boot and then they have to kill him. And then and they had to get rid of the fucking <sighs> cop car, blah, 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 etc. Yeah. And then they had to fly. I love that. Where she's like, um, Ian's car. She's like, where's this car? He's like, oh, down there. She's like, oh, it'll be gone in day. <laughs> it's like, fantastic. Thanks, Detroit. The house and the, the setup reminded me an awful lot to Fight Club. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That kind of... And like, not... Obviously, it's a it's a very different type of cinematography, but not not incredibly different, you know. And that kind of like use of like all the practicals and everything, and that there's like light sources in every surface, and that's like yeah. the real depth to every shot as well. And like the the weird cavernous like multiple multiple rooms, kind of half lived in, no heating. Yeah. Like, yeah. And also like the power when it goes out yeah. and you, you have to go like downstairs or, or in this case outside. But then yeah. you, I love working his in Tangiers and he looks at the fucking Moroccan <laughs> wiring that just has a fucking fit. Like. I love that like on the house and he's just like, look at that fucking zombies. And she's like, well, you know, like what, what happened to you? And he's like, oh, I just dis- disconnected it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I want, I want, like I would watch a silent movie that's just like him moving into that house yeah you know what i mean and like setting everything up and stuff and like just building his little fucking generator or whatever like oh i, I love the the this is the, it's the same you know patterson got away with it more than this movie did that when it got to like plot or meaning patterson actually gets away with it that this one doesn't yeah. like uh same time it's like i enjoy watching this movie more because the characters are a lot sadder so <laughs> <laughs> The Ricardo so, rule of enjoyment. Yeah, uh, obviously, like, if the characters are too happy, it's like, fuck my life. It's like... Fucking Patterson. Especially happy with, like, with very little as well. Yeah, it's like, it's like, like... That's somehow more infuriating. Yeah, me. because it's like, I have more. Yeah, <laughs> I hate my life. <laughs> fuck you, Patterson. I just love as well, like, uh, just to kind of talk about, like, the, the visual style and everything and... Um, the cinematographer is actually really, really interesting. I think he's a French guy, but he's done like um, a lot of really, really interesting movies. But um, yeah, he did Patterson as well, I believe. Oh, I don't think it's the same guy. But he's worked with. Uh, oh, Yorick Lasso, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the guy. Um, you know, your man. Who like did, he looked. Um, he works with Oliver Asayas. Yeah, Clouds of Sils Maria and um, the. Uh, I am love uh, Luca Guadagino. He uh, did like five times two and. He did arbitrage. He did Carlos. Yeah, like really, really, just like a very a kind of like you can kind of see that they they have a similar sort of like you know like vague kind of like semi art house or whatever. But the the kind of like circling fades yeah. between like of of like them in bed, them separate, them together, yeah. the turntable, even it's sexual, the kind of the, like the sexuality when they kiss. Yeah, and like everything. the the like it's it's so just like incredibly like like sensual, but like. The tactile is the is the best word for it and like the kind of like the circling kind of eternity of, yeah. of, of like the turntable and the like just 
it's really it's a very it's a stunningly shot movie. I'll just say as well that um, uh, Jim Jarmusch seems to have the same issue as David Lynch has with knowing how technology works because the fucking face fucking chat or whatever <laughs> i love like, that though it's <laughs> the most ridiculous fucking like it's so not like we keep fucking put it on the tv and it's like a four by three like 1940s tv and, and yet it's, it's like perfect quality on her iphone like yeah he doesn't even have a fucking laptop it's like a fucking no he girl. does he does he does there's like a little laptop there yeah so. but he has like mini dv recorders oh, yeah, somewhere I mean, like, it, like, it makes no sense uh, like but yeah then as well like how, how like what they're shooting like when they show her holding the the camera that shows what he's saying it's it like it completely make, it, yeah. won't no. fucking but match. i love that that whenever he's like no wait i want to see you and I'm like, oh i wish i could kiss you or something <laughs> it's yeah. like how are you doing like video chat from your like even from her side it doesn't make yeah, any sense more rock and 4g but i just love it like all the noises of like him turning on the tv and plugging everything in is just oh it's so deliciously analog like uh it's you amazing know he got like dan arbach to it's come amazing in and set that up it, that day. yeah fucking <laughs> Like, it, it's amazing that, the, like, it's probably true that you're able to have a fucking better, like, face chat conversation in Morocco than in fucking Inchicore, which is, like, a black hole for reception. That would not surprise me. Like, Yeah, and it's obviously, like, or North Klondok, like, where I live. Uh, don't go looking for me, people. Uh. <laughs> your rocker of kids are in fact yeah. turning up outside your eyes, like, ringing your doorbell. Recommend me something. <laughs> I recommend you to go fuck yourselves. Um, I had a question for you. <laughs> yes. Um, if you were a vampire and you had lived through the centuries, who you, would you have hung out with? Ooh, interesting. Oh, I never get at these on-the-spot questions. <sighs> I don't know because I feel like I would like this is this is such a like bullshit feminist answer but at the same time I would go back in time and like hang out with all the like forgotten women yeah <laughs> like well, it- all those women throughout like because it's, it's the same kind of thing of like don't meet your heroes yeah but at the same time it's like they'd be kind of like almost like peers so they'd be like heroes but not it's not like the kind of thing of um you think of it now you think of like going back in time and hanging out with them how you'd be so enamored with these people like byron or whatever yeah you know what i mean whereas like if you actually lived at the time it would be a completely different thing so i don't actually know that's quite a hard question yeah and i think that is also the 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 fact that nobody that is uh nobody that is not uh a white male can really think about time traveling in a happy mode yeah. Yeah, because it kind of but at least you'd be a female vampire I'd so you get vampire, like vampire yeah that that's that is true but it's like it's, it's not ideal yeah <laughs> it's uh, well like yeah you'd probably be uh, as well like probably because the male vampires wouldn't have been like fucking progressive either probably at that not time. no so, not renowned yeah. for their progressive um stances on things yeah. Um, yeah. I probably have to go to Latin America not to get fucked over myself. Or what? What's your what? Who would you hang out with? Probably like just to go drinking with Peter or two, but not because I'm a vampire. <laughs> I can't get drunk, so I'd just be like oh, going watch one. him get like absolutely twisted with Richard Harris and just. Like, there's a 24-minute video of Richard Harris and Peter O'Toole telling fucking drinking stories. And it's just <laughs> fucking... I'm not saying that people should drink, but Peter O'Toole should. Because he managed to... <laughs> come on, the dude, like, had, like, one of the best acting careers ever. Yeah. And he was already a fucked up individual. So, like, marriage and family, like, drinking wasn't a problem there. It was, like, just like he's, like... His personality. He's pretty much fucking T.E. Lawrence. Like, uh, it... Um, and then you have fucking uh, and the fact that he also lived to old age like he's not somebody that drunk himself to death like fucking Jim Morrison or something you know yeah at like 30 yeah what age was, no Jim Morrison 27. was a 27 uh, yeah. baby wasn't he yeah. um yeah probably that or just follow Werner Herzog around yeah like kind of from the very maybe from like age 18 upwards you but know? the problem is the sun- now actually i have to change 18. it i have to change my my answer because obviously you can't be in the sunshine 
So Werner Herzog, you true. can't go and follow, see him do Fitzcarraldo because no. you probably have to be like fucking okay. somewhere buried. In- I suppose that kind of explains why, like even just that his chosen profession is the yeah. kind of profession where, um, <laughs> like someone like Ian, who even though he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. You know, he is that reclusive musician. So yeah. People completely buy that he is that weird, that he has a toilet that doesn't yeah. work, that he lives in a house with no heating. Like, completely, well, people would buy that. Yeah. Um. So in the same way that, like, him hanging out with all those, like, intellectuals or scientists, people who would be considered night owls. So you can imagine him hanging out with Byron or hanging out with, like, you know, Sartre or whatever. You know what I mean? That, yeah. like... The, the cart or some yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Like him kind of turning up to the cafes yeah. at like, you know, after 7 p.m. or whatever. But it's like, oh, that's <laughs> that's just Adam. Yeah, like a very like fucking uh, the, the savage detectives kind of existence. Yes. But yeah, the, like it was a question I asked and uh, I hadn't thought about it myself. Yeah, that's actually interesting now about the whole. Yeah, I mean, realistically, it's going to it's going to have to be. Uh, or even just someone like where you just had the, a kind of like a dialogue with somebody like it's just some kind of like brilliant person yeah. that you just kind of hang out with in the evenings yeah. from time to time and have like these little conversations with you know like yeah yeah probably just like fucking uh, uh, hang Lincoln. out with Yui Bo and like deter him from being a filmmaker it'd be kind of fun to be have, be friends with Bowie <laughs> Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't need to fuck it. You just uh, yeah, go. Yeah, like, I'm trying. I'm thinking about or seven, like, 80s Nick Cave. I'm like. thinking about musicians. Yeah, and just like hanging out with like Lou Reed or something. You know, and like yeah, but don't, the problem is that you can't eat any of them like as a vampire. Like well, imagine no, like. Well, the the point of this is that you have the same kind of like high aesthetic values as they do. So oh yes, you're not yeah. killing people. Like, what would be the point of that? It's like oh, so 15 I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna suck your blood to take your brilliance. Like. You know, I wonder does that work I wonder if that you've got all her knowledge <laughs> she's just like <laughs> like this movie lends itself to this yeah. to this kind of like not critique but type of discussion because like the movie itself is full of so many references yeah. and so many like it little nods you, and characters and it has room for you to start thinking about these things that is yeah. not uh, it's not saying that the movie bored me but I think that it invites the audience to create like their own thought process of what's going on what would yeah. you do etc etc what they were like when yeah. they were younger and yeah like what where they're gonna go now and yeah. what it'll be like in the future for them and yeah yeah uh i liked also how fucking uh they only start getting menacing when they start getting hungry like their eyes and such the, the yeah and the production design overall is really like i really like the fucking marlo's cave in the in the bottom of the, the restaurant <laughs> yeah. and how like he's like your it's man my favorite that is, <laughs> and your you've man, been wearing that waistcoat <laughs> yeah yeah but it doesn't look like from 1700 it's one of my favorite garments the, the fucking uh, house coat as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> I love that man. He, but the way like she says it, it's like uh, the, like how old it is, and he's kind of yeah. like, oh, yeah. And you can see how tattered it is, like on the close-up when she's wearing it. That yeah. it's like the the sleeve looks like fairly fucked, you know. Like the uh, the attention to detail is very very. Oh, the production design yeah. is just even like fabulous. the the case or the vials of blood that they get. Oh, their little their yeah. little glasses as well. Yeah. Like I love that whole thing of that. It's so refined, yeah. you know, and like just that, how ritualistic it is. Yeah, and like, but in the like, and then obviously like the whole kind of like drug addiction yeah. kind of like um sort of uh parallels there. But like, I yeah, do, very, I do like very the, vacuum for dream. Yes, but I kind of like that because it's sort of like taking the whole idea of like when the actual consumption of blood and making it a bit more interesting. <laughs> And that, that it is, like, kind of a thing that you can very much, like, you know, overdose on nearly. That whenever she's yeah. taking too much and that she, like, drinks all of Ian, she feels sick. Not just because he's poisoned, yeah. but because she drank a whole human. It's like when you go to a fucking Chinese buffet. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your favorite thing in the movie? Probably the visual style. Because it is just fabulous. But also Tilda Swinton. No, I'm going to go with visual style, I think. Because it's just... It's, just sumptuous and it's like not gothic but not not gothic at the same time if you know what i mean like it has the kind of like because you think gothic you forget of like the kind of like velvety richness of gothic you know like you think of southern gothic or american gothic you know what i mean like well it's southern gothic rather than american gothic but it it has that that real like like you know saturation and it's the difference between this and the the 
the Guillermo del Toro movie starring Tom Hiddleston and Mia Wasikowska. Oh, yeah. Crimson Peak. Yeah. Yeah. The difference Never is that them. this is actually gothic and the other one is like doing it too much. Yeah. And something that it's like fucking Del Toro doesn't even fucking need because everything he does is already gothic. Like he yeah, so he bizarre. makes fucking massive robots fighting monsters in Tokyo <laughs> somehow, gothic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite thing know, in man. the movie is <laughs> the style and the cinematography, but that goes together with the soundtrack and everything. It's just yeah. like a very stylistic movie that hangs. Followed second very closely by Tilda Swinton because uh, she's always like fucking social services and fucking oh, everything. She's like just, she's just marvelous. You give her anything and she just turns it into gold. Uh, yeah. I I really liked her in. Uh, let's talk about Kevin. Or I want we need to, to talk, talk about, about Kevin. Kevin yeah. yeah. And uh, and that's a movie that I thought that it was very hard to watch. Oh, but God, that is an unsettling. Not even unsettling. Just. Yeah very very like we were talking about um mudbound or whatever earlier like about how it's just very oppressive and very i made a joke the other day and (laughs) really that's very unlikely and then i really i was like oh i fucking uh can't believe the guy didn't get the joke and then i realized that the joke wasn't uh, that i was using the wrong reference because i thought that your man played Kevin in the movie was the guy that's playing the Flash in the no in the, the he was what's his face um Ezra Miller yeah because he's in um uh the Perks of Being a Wildflower yeah and he's I, really good yeah like I really like Ezra Miller and the thing is that I thought it was Ezra Miller so I is it went, Ezra Miller Ezra something yeah it's Ezra Miller and uh, I think <laughs> don't call me on it <laughs> but. The thing is that I went, oh, those killings went by in a flash. And, you know, like, wing, wing, nudge, nudge. And they're like, what the fuck? It's like, what's wrong with you? And then I check IMDb. And then I'm like, uh, I am a failure as a human being. Wasn't well, um, even a good joke to begin with. <laughs> oh, sure. But at least when they make sense, they make sense. You can, like, backtrack. Normally, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But usually only after you then immediately explain them. Yeah, but that um, makes them more charming, I believe. And what's your least favorite thing? <laughs> um... Probably Mia was a good... Was her causing? Yeah, because, like, even though I agree with you about the second scene with um with the... What's his name? With the research scientist Jeffrey guy. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, like, I... I Trying like, to I, out, I, outgrunt John Hurt, like... But I... I like him, like, and I like the character that he's playing so yeah. much that I didn't mind seeing him again, yeah. whereas... We just wish that he had done a little bit more yeah. because it's an interesting character, great actor. Yeah, whereas, yeah, it's pro- it's probably, probably, because I think she, like, that character is a bit more problematic, yeah. even though it's kind of needs to be there for a few different reasons, but, uh, you know, like, you could have done nothing without her, you know, and it's just, yeah. I, yeah, so probably her, but at the same time, I still enjoyed her. Yeah. I enjoyed them, like, in the rock club, that whole scene as well, yeah. like, you know, the... I didn't oh, hate it. She takes the hip flask and it's yeah. like, can I have some? No. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm just, <laughs> I love how sparingly they use their super speed. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot because when it finally turns up, you're like, oh yeah, they're vampires. <laughs> I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. <laughs> I'm a vampire. Yeah, what was your least favorite thing? Uh, my least favorite would be me and Wozikowski and also like just the character, not the performance. I think that it is, like I said, the character kind Eva. of detracts to from the movie it's like adam and ava and very close to or originators no it's adam and eve the I sisters call ava yeah i know yeah so like it's very close names everybody oh, so well, like religious yeah. kind of thing and then you have marlo yes <laughs> but also the to point out which um i found not disappointing per se but kind of strange choice to have only truly like how can i put it even the, the in the music scene and stuff that there's not that many people of color in this movie considering that it's set yeah, in detroit and tangiers about that. yeah it's it's just because the settings are very specific you know yeah. and you get two scenes with jeffrey wright and two scenes with the moroccan guy that is like an apprentice to john but Hurt. they are the furthest down the list of characters yeah even yeah. reading in fucking drop my phone <laughs> even reading the the cast list is like that they're completely inconsequential as yeah. characters they're interesting because they're good actors both of them and they made a lot with very 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 little you know mm. but 
I'm trying to remember about like the one scene where you actually see other people, which is like other than Tangiers, is uh in Detroit whenever they go to the club. There's not a lot of like it's yeah. everybody like the record producers wide. The whole yeah. club is really I do wide. Love, and... Yeah, I do know. I that's a that's a good point. Especially like yeah. Yeah, like even though I like really liked Anton Yelchin, if you're in the no in Detroit, it would have been a good opportunity. Also to like the fact also because it's playing with history and whatnot is the fact that mm. you know the past could, and the yeah. future of Detroit. Yeah. But then again, they could be vampires. They're still fucking racist because they're like fifteen hundred well, minds kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's just the. Uh, and it feels like Adam's mind stopped developing after 1960. Yeah. So, and also it's the fact that they go to fucking of all the musicians that came out of from fucking Detroit, they go to Jack White's fucking house. Don't get me wrong, I like Jack White. White Stripes <laughs> is great. He's interesting. The scene is great, and it's good that it's like a modern musician. But fucking Detroit, there's a yeah. Detroit is fucking Detroit. You could have picked any musician well he does ask if they want to go to the uh the museum and she's just like <laughs> she's like no <laughs> yeah but they, they they like they you know detroit is like jazz fucking blues yeah. rock and roll everything that it's like it's, it's just like little missed chances that they didn't have to call attention to itself but also because the setting is such a big thing and the history yeah of both places is a big thing is like even the use of French in uh, like in the the French it's the the Moroccan singer that's a great scene when they're just watching her sing oh, in I the love cafe. That scene. I always forget about that, yeah. and then like you know, like whenever they finally get to Tangiers, and it's just like it's not a very big part of the movie, but it's just like this perfect little. Oh, I love that scene. But like I love that though, where she's just like she's going to be big, and she's yeah. like I fucking hope not. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's pretty much my my, my take. Uh, I'm glad you liked. I love this movie. <laughs> I just watched it the other day, and I was like, oh, it's, it's just so like, cause it's it's like melancholy and sad, yeah. but at the same time, like I don't know, I it puts me in a good mood. This movie. <laughs> yeah, like it's a uh, it's really good and uh, very uh, like, easy to watch as well. It's very melancholic, and I love that that kind of melancholic pace when it's done right. The problem usually with movies that way is that if they if they lose they you even commit. for one minute you can't go back to that feeling it has to mm. be from beginning to end so that's why it's so hard to hold on and to make it work kind of thing it's not like or if they do it is that look at me on my melancholic movies like the fucking mm. big sleep or something you know the not the big sleep uh, the the fucking uh jeff goble movie with like kevin klein or whatever that they go to the house oh, uh, with um, John Hurt, uh, oh jesus um it's the big something. The big chill. Yeah, the big chill. <laughs> the big sleep. There's a Raymond Chandler fucking novel. Um, yeah, so uh, that was um, that was Only Lovers Left Alive. Finally. Well done, Jarmish, for uh, for getting our first filmmaker with um, with two appearances. And what's next week's film, Ricardo? Cria Cuervos, I believe, and it's a special episode yeah. where we're going to be uh, joined by... Uh, one of the McNeilis clan. Uh, we couldn't let the deacons have all the uh, yeah, <laughs> all the glory. Yeah, we we'll win the uh, we'll win the battle of the accents. I think <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Um, yeah, so Kira will be joining us next week. Um, another Spanish film, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, seventies uh, Spanish, I think, as well. So yeah, if yeah we can, it's gonna like, be gonna dictatorship be. cinema. You <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> Um, See, you blame me for fucking bringing fascism to this podcast, and yeah, every I don't mind every when it's single guest, fascism. every single guest that brought a film that well, except for Oshin, that had some level of fascism involved, <laughs> and probably there was like Draftman's contract. It's is in there somewhere. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just um, haven't found it yet. <laughs> On the tenth rewatch, that's where that is done. That's revealed to you. Um, although you did get a Holocaust reference in there, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Where can they find us, Ricardo? They can find us on Facebook, the Recommendation Game, on Twitter at the Rec Game, uh, on email the Recommendation Game at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, uh, Podcast Addict, and all other uh, bro- uh, podcast 
providers if you just uh, put in the RSS feed because we all know the SoundCloud is shit to listen to. Uh, the app that sound. quality is bad. Or no, it's more it's that just, it's, it's a, very unwieldy it's and an awful player. So if you add the RSS feed to your player, then you'll get the updated episodes as they come out. Uh, you can also Subscribe. find us on Dublin Digital Radio every Monday, 11 to 12. And uh, you can check us out on the Dublin Digital Radio uh, residence. And you can donate to Independent Irish Radio on Patreon on Dublin Digital Radio. And that's me done with the spiel. Spiel. <laughs> Cool. Well, I was Orna Magenis. And I was Ricardo Deek in the Vapa. Now, like, it's the problem of fucking watching vampire movies. I like, just think of fucking kiss of a vampire. Like, he eats a fucking pigeon. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, yeah, thank listening. you for listening. <laughs> See you next week. See you next century. <laughs> <laughs>